Hello and welcome to Series 6 of In Suspense, a podcast and vodcast for fans and writers of crime fiction, and the first in our new series of Minisodes with author and editor Phoebe Morgan. Phoebe Morgan is a best-selling author and award-winning editor. She studied English at Leeds University after growing up in the Suffolk countryside. She has previously worked as a journalist and now edits commercial fiction for a publishing house during the day and writes her own books in the evenings. She lives in London and you can follow her on Twitter, Instagram at Phoebe Ann Morgan, Facebook at Phoebe Morgan Author, or find her blog about publishing and writing, which is really good, by the way, at www.phoebemorganauthor.com. And we'll put all those details on the on the um, site for you. We'll list it on the on the website. Um, <clears throat> her books have sold over 225,000 copies and been translated into 10 languages, including French, Italian, Norwegian, Polish and Croatian. Her new thriller, The Wild Girls, will be published by William Morrow in the US. Her books are also on sale in Canada and Australia. Phoebe has also contributed short stories to Afraid of the Light, a 2020 crime writing anthology with proceeds going to the Samaritans, Noir from the Bar, a crime collection with proceeds going to the NHS, and Afraid of the Christmas Lights, with all profits going to domestic abuse charities. Her four thrillers can be read in any order, and uh, her next book, The Trip, will publish in February 2023. And you can find links to buy Phoebe's books in the description of the podcast and on our YouTube channel. Yes, I won't forget to do that. <laughs> um, so as before, um, each episode will be around, each mini-sode, I should say, will be around 10 minutes long, and we'll focus on different aspects of the editing process. So without further ado, let's um, crack on with the lovely Phoebe Morgan. Thank you. Hello, Phoebe, and welcome to our first minisode, which will focus on the role of editors. Now, for the benefit of any listeners who, you know, aren't familiar with the different um, different types of editors in a publishing house, can you give us, uh, you know, a, a brief outline or a broad outline of what each type of editor does? Yes, of course. So usually each publishing house has a range of editors and all those editors will work on a specific type of book. So it might be a genre. Um, I work as a fiction editor, but we also have a non-fiction team. And within fiction, it's usually categorised into more commercial fiction and more literary fiction. Um, and you sort of start at the editorial assistant level, which essentially means you assist the other editors and you... Uh, you probably don't acquire for yourself, but you maybe do the admin for the team and you might do a lot of sub submission reading at that level as well. Um, and then you move up to assistant editor, which is sort of more of the same, but maybe you might start to commission a little bit. And then you'll be commissioning editor and anything commissioning editor and above means that you're acquiring new novels for your division. So I'm an editorial director, so I'm acquiring new novels all the time. Uh, I specialise in crime and thriller at the moment, so... I'm acquiring mainly in that area and then the sort of higher up you get means the more kind of management experience you have to do as well and then it becomes about thinking about the strategy for the list rather than just your individual taste as it were um so yeah it's, it's kind of a board board church and when you're commissioning and above your 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 sort of editorial role is similar in terms of the way you work with authors and the more experienced you are the you know, more of a list you might have built up so you might be working with a, a wider range of authors for example um, but you'll be working with them in quite a similar way uh, if that makes sense. 
Mm, yes, yes, that really does. So you're so um, you you sort of with with different types of um, editor. You also have copy editors, don't you, and and proofreaders. Can you speak a little bit about those as well? Yeah, of course. So they are out of house, which is which is why I didn't automatically think of them. So within the publishing house, you'll you'll be sort of commissioning and you'll be working with the authors and you'll be doing structural edits and line edits and the kind of really intense editorial process alongside the author. And most big publishing houses freelance out the proofreading side and the copy editing side. And so we work with a sort of trusted bank of freelancers, but we don't we often don't know them personally. They're usually just people that we email um, and they will do the copy edits, which means essentially sort of going through and sense checking everything. So it might be that they're checking to see if someone's going to school on a bank holiday, for example, or if someone's eyes have changed colour from one chapter to the next. Um, And then the proofreader will sort of be one of the last pairs of eyes and they will go through for spelling errors and punctuation errors and any glaring typos that myself and the author might have missed because we'll have read it 800 times by the point that it gets (laughs) to a proofreader (laughs) um so yeah but but usually that's that's done out of house um because by that stage everybody in house is, is is sort of too familiar with the text so it has to go external yeah so interesting and I absolutely love copy editors I just don't know how they do it they are just an amazing breed of editor for sure um now I was wondering um with editing like how did you get into becoming an editor is it is there a special course that you do or is it like do you start with um I've lost the word what's the word for a internship there we go do you start with an internship um so there isn't a particular course that you have to do I think there are some training courses that people can choose to do but it's definitely not something that you have to have in order to be taken on so I didn't have I don't think I had any sort of specific qualifications when I first started applying for publishing jobs um I had actually trained as a journalist so my sort of my career path was slightly strange in that I trained as a journalist which I think then did give me quite a lot of the skills needed to become an editor but obviously that's not what most people do most people do you know get a job in the industry as an editorial assistant or maybe as an assistant in one of the other parts of publishing because you know editorial is one of the more competitive aspects of the industry and I think you know I've known people that have got a job in sales or in rights for example and then moved across to be an editor slightly later on Um, and you don't you don't need um, a specific qualification per se most people do tend to have an English degree just because people tend to you know, come from that kind of background in terms of they're interested in English and then they go on to become an editor. Um, but you don't have to. And people do do internships. Um, there's been quite a lot of criticism of publishing in terms of the way that a lot of people are expected to work for free um, to get into the industry. And I hope that that is changing. And I, I think actually COVID will have had some sort of impact on that because, you know, most of the time during the pandemic, we weren't, we weren't doing work placements. We weren't really doing internships because it was too difficult everybody was at home uh so it, it'll be quite interesting to see whether that that changes now as we kind of come out of the pandemic um the main thing that I would look for if I was hiring an assistant for example is someone who has like a really genuine love of reading and that can be in whatever genre they want and it just has to be able to you know come across at interview and it you know it might be that you have a skill set in a different industry that you can then apply to publishing and you know you, you obviously need to have a keen eye for detail you obviously do need to have a grasp of all the 
obvious things that editors would need in terms of spelling and grammar and punctuation but I wouldn't you know if someone was personable and keen to learn and and crucially had that real love of books then it wouldn't matter if they didn't have a specific editing course under their belt um although I think if you you know if you do want to do them there's places like the publishing training center that offer those courses uh, and I think particularly if you're wanting to be a copy editor or proofreader then that that for me feels like a really different skill set I don't think I could be a proofreader for example as a as a day job you know without without taking more training or or just getting more experience because it is it's such a different skill set to what I'm doing which is much more sort of big picture level and working much more closely with the authors so yeah oh that's that's fascinating mm-hmm. and do you have um you know how, how flexible are you with your approach to editing because you know all authors work differently and I was wondering whether you know um does it does your method of editing vary according to the author you're working with or do you tend to sort of have your sort of procedure that you you tend to follow each time mm. Well, so I learned really through shadowing my boss from when I first started. And I think that's how a lot of editors learn their craft is from shadowing more senior editors. And that's really useful. Um, And so what I usually do with most of my authors is I'll read their manuscript and then I'll write them a sort of structural letter, which outlines all the big picture things, you know, and that could be anything from actually we need to think about changing the ending to maybe this character needs to be cut altogether or we need to start the book three chapters in as opposed to where you've actually started it. Um, So they could be quite big changes at that stage. Um, And my letter will usually sort of go through the book and I'll try and write sort of headings and then, you know, that that part of the book and this part of the book and and try and make it as clear as possible for the author because I think a lot of authors can find getting those changes back quite overwhelming and like as an author myself I know it can be oh my god it can be like really stressful getting an editorial letter and thinking oh my goodness I've got to sort of chop around this book that I've spent months or years writing um so I do try and be positive and you know I, I tell them what I love about the book and I say these are the things that might need changing and this is these are some ideas from me and then I usually will try and have a conversation with the author you know if they want to speak in person or on the phone um because I always want it to be a conversation it, it should never be me as their editor saying you must change this or you you have to make this change or else we're not going to publish the book it's, it's not that kind of level at all um and then and then I'll give the author some time to go away and work on the novel and we might have a couple of rounds of that sort of thing so it might be two three rounds of structural edits it might only be one um, and then sometimes I'll do a line edit where I go through using track changes but to be honest, I don't. I haven't done that as much recently, just because I don't think my authors need it anymore in, in quite the same way. Um, and it and it really does. It does depend. So some authors might have a way of working that they've you know done before that they want to kind of introduce me to, and I'm kind of happy to do that as well. Um, so so I have a I have a set way, but then I'll also you know listen to my authors and see what what works for them um, and sometimes they might say actually you know can you just have a look at this bit and tell me if I'm on the right track and I can do that for them if that's what they want and we might have a brainstorm before they start writing their next book or you know I try and be be flexible depending on where they are in terms of their writing and their sort of career path overall if that makes sense. Yes yeah. that really does. Yeah. It really does yeah that's really interesting. So- Baby, my question um, was, what's the biggest challenge, do you think, facing editors right now? Is it connected, as you mentioned, the changes that you've now faced from the pandemic or you know, what, what is the biggest challenge for you? 
Yeah, I do think that the pandemic has changed things for editors. And I never want to say that it's been really hard for people in publishing because actually publishing as a whole has done really well. A lot of publishing houses have made money. People have been reading books in lockdown, which has been great. And so, you know, it's not like we've had a really hard time like some industries have. But I do think that me personally, I found it quite a big cultural change sort of moving from being in an office with a team around you to being at home and being quite isolated uh, because publishing is such a teamwork and it, it it requires so many people to make a bestseller and so I think without that kind of energy and creativity it is quite hard to just sort of focus on the work when you're home alone and obviously we are going back into the office part-time now so that has improved things um, but I think it's just made everything feel a bit more disjointed to be honest and there'll be some of my authors who I've never had the chance to meet them whereas before they would have come for lunch with me and I'd have introduced them to the team and they'd have come into the office and seen what HarperCollins is like and they'd have come to writing festivals and you know I'm sure you both know as writers it's so lovely to come to a festival and meet your peers and I think I do really feel for the authors that they've missed out on that um, but also as an editor I feel like I've missed out on sort of forming those personal relationships with my authors in quite the same way um, so I think that's definitely been a challenge and and I also think myself and, you know, several other editors I know uh, struggled to read properly during the pandemic. I think because everything was so scary and weird, it was quite difficult to then block it all out and read submissions. And so the workload in terms of reading has been quite high and, and quite hard. And I think it's actually only in the last few months I feel like I've really got my reading mojo back a bit when it comes to reading submissions and that's you know so that's a good thing but I think that was a challenge for some people um and I don't have children but I know that some editors obviously do have kids or they have other kind of dependents and actually trying to read in lockdown with children running around and having that kind of time pressure as well because sometimes you might start enjoying a submission and then an agent might email and say oh this is actually going to auction tomorrow and I'm setting a deadline and have you had the chance to read it and and that that can be quite stressful and you know often you can kind of thrive on the adrenaline of that but when you're at home alone sort of dealing with the pandemic and then you've suddenly got this really tight deadline mm. that's quite that's quite hard because no one ever wants to miss out on the next big bestseller but I think sometimes sometimes you just have to because you're not able to get to it and so I do think I do think as an industry we need to give each other a bit more time when it comes mm. to when it comes to reading or when it comes to just the act of considering a novel for for acquisition and you know there are some agents who are really great at that and they give you that time but there are some who who kind of don't and and I think on one hand they're doing their jobs and they're trying to get the best best deal for the author but I think occasionally it's it sometimes feels as though it's about who's who's acting fast fast enough and, and mm. actually it, sh it should be about who who's the best fit for the book and yeah. who has the, who has the best vision for the book um which we'll probably talk about later uh so yeah I definitely think there's some challenges although I do feel like we're hopefully coming out of the other side of it and we just had the first one the book fair in person which has been uh the first one that's taken place uh in person for two years and that was really great it was really buzzy and it felt as though things are coming back to life a little bit so I'm hopeful for the future <laughs> oh, that's really positive yeah well sadly Phoebe that's all we've got time for today um thank you for listening to our minisode with author and editor Phoebe Morgan and thank you Phoebe for sharing your expertise with us today thank you
Yes, um, and if you've enjoyed this mini so do remember to check out uh, Phoebe's full episode, which is Series 5, Episode 7 on Location, Location, Location. But for now, um, it's say, time to say goodbye um, from Phoebe. Goodbye Bye, from Leslie you. and goodbye Bye. from me. Bye.